Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome, Tiger Bombers, back to the very show that united us all to begin with, The Process. Excited to be coming to you for Season 5. This is Episode 1. You guys, if you don't know what this is, you're new to it, welcome. We love first-time offenders. If you've been riding with me, love the hardheads, the repeat offenders, welcome back. We are going to play fantasy football and win and dominate. That's what this is all about, you guys. Really quickly, before we hop too far into everything, where can you find us? www.tigerbombsae.com. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, couple of different podcasts, whatever you like, baseball, football, a little bit of NASCAR nowadays, some true crime even. So whatever is your fancy, check it out. But www.tigerbombsae.com, you can click on the process page, listen to this podcast there. Or if you like to listen to your podcast on the go, like most people, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere, just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. This podcast will come up. You can like and subscribe or whatever, and then listen to not only the process, but everything else. Also, also on Facebook and Twitter, find us the same way at the process TBSAE at the process TBSAE. So those are the cool ways that we can all keep up together. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's just dive into some football. This is really not just um, I mean, we'll throw some bits and chunks in here along the, uh, you know, the show here. But this really is serving as your intro to me or your reacquaintance with me, if you haven't, why should you be listening to me, right? And then let's throw some nuggets in there, talk about the strategy and move forward. Listen, the reason you would listen to me is I got into doing this genuinely because so many people would always ask me questions, always ask me questions, love the results, love to see what I was doing, you know, my leagues or whatever. And so it became like an obvious thing. Talk about it on a show so I could tell everybody at once without having to uh, go piece by piece. So very honest attempt to do that. But from there becomes like this journey of how do we perfect this thing? Why listen to me? Because I love playing all different formats of fantasy and winning at it. Whether we're talking auction drafts, super flex, classic, standard league, PPR, half point PPR, DFS, all of that is what we're talking about encompassing when we say winning right and so why listen to me because i have experience winning all of that uh jumping into ffpc this year if you don't know that's fantasy football professional championship so really going to take it to the next level and just continue to prove like their sites like DraftKings, you know winning 700 in one city on a dfs lineup habitually winning over and over again you know having a process that last year helped us win uh double up our money 14 out of the 18 weeks of the NFL regular season. So that's what we're talking about uh, in terms of why you would listen to me, listen to the process. So what is the process? The process is a step-by-step textbook way of attacking the season for whatever reason you need. If it's just for your league, if it's for DFS dominance, if it's across-the-board dominance, but the process is this whole idea of drafting smart from the beginning, And so it's more of a uh, grind, right? Like it's more of a grind in the beginning because we have to do all this research. I have to do all this research. So you trust me based on my past results. I deliver sound information that you should pair with your own. This is about me telling you what to do. You guys are smart enough. You're playing anyway. 
let's couple our ideas. So you have this added advantage of me in your ear. You're going to know everything that I know. You should theoretically have better results than me even because you have somebody to bounce it off of, right? So there you go. Listen, don't listen. Do I get my information from anywhere else? No, because it's important to me that this would be my info. I started out listening to a guy named Jeff Manns on, on a, like Guru Elite on a Sirius XM, and I still will you know chime in here and there. But at some point, you want to grow and not be like you know taken over by somebody else's ideas. But I will say the basis of what I'm telling you guys is a process that. I have learned uh, by just listening to him and incorporating some of my own thoughts and processes and some of the people that he works with. That's a fantastic company. It's the only other people you'll ever hear me mention here is Fantasy Guru. Okay, so in terms of the process for season long, that's like draft well, coast, right? We have all these standards that we'll follow, but if we have this intelligent information with the draft, it becomes easier of a thing. So we can turn our attention because it's so easy over to DFS. What's the process mean for DFS? This is sound and important. These sites, FanDuel, DraftKings, where I play, this is not something that's unwinnable. It's not something that you randomly win every any you know every five times you play. We can attack this beast and we can win. There's a lot of suckers out there. We're going to take advantage of them by being smart. I don't think what I'm offering is glamorous, but it works. If I'm going to be very honest with y'all, it's gla- it's not glamorous. But it works. We can put some lipstick on this pig. This is what we mean. On that site, some of the games are riskier than others. Some of the games uh, involve less risk, but less opportunity for winning. So what I mean by that is you have tournaments, but then you, so this is like a big pot, like what you guys are thinking, right? Like millionaire, right? And so many people place, right? But you really want to try to get first. Very hard to win. You're basically playing a stadium's worth of people it's like maybe same odds as winning the lottery maybe worse it's hard to do it's hard to do you have to have these off the wall picks that logically you ordinarily wouldn't waste the money for the entry that you would have uh, had to surrender to win that right and so it's much more of a gamble not to say that these are terrible games not to say that you can't win at those but the likelihood of it it's so less and that's the big allures the big pot they also have these other games though 50 50s or double up games right so 50 50s are like have you know half of us uh win our you know double up our money or or half of us win right whatever the amount is so it's like usually double or you have to double up so where it's like you know the cutoff line is half of you and you double up your money it's the same thing basically okay it's like you can so for example in our in the tournament, you may put in a dollar, and it's like, oh, win, you know, some obnoxious amount, right? Like a hundred thousand dollars, right? But the chances of doing that are crazy, right? But you also may do like a dollar double up, where it's like, okay, you know, beat half these people, and then you get, you know, two dollars. That's so. So that's the first part is okay. So the odds have become easier there, but the second part then is controlling tournament size. So we don't want to be playing all these people, like we said. So I'm looking for like 100, 150 people. So now it's like, okay, half of us can win. There's only 100 of us. And the final piece of the puzzle is a simple one. It has to be like single entry. You don't get to 
throw me in a contest with some shark who has 100 entries, right? Like in that first tournament example, we said you might be able to have what's called multipliers, right? It'll be like M in DraftKings, and it'll say like some number. that mean, Like M20, that means you could have a multiplier of 20 lineups, or sometimes it's like M150. Some of these people, they just have algorithms and money, right? And they just plug and play. So it's like the chances of you beating that is crazy. What we're doing on the other side is much more sustainable if we say single entry. Now everybody gets one one shot. You get your best shot, right? Like that's it. So I will take those odds. So now that's the formula is most of the games we play are going to be, you know, double ups or 50-50s, single entry, limited to 100 people. And then from there, you want to have, so what will happen is theoretically you start to double your money up every week. Okay. And so what do we do though? Like once we doing this. You don't want to just like increase how much you play to like keep it steady, keep doing the same thing. But the idea is this, you can invest the same amount uh, every week, but the split has to be 70% double ups and 50 50s and then 30% tournaments. We want to start investing in the tournaments, but out of our winnings from the double ups first. So it's like, we're not paying to take those shots. Yes, we want a shot at the millionaire too. Yes, we want a shot at the 100K. Yes, we want a shot at the half million. Yes, we want to shot at the 50K, but we don't want to pay for it. So what we do is ride the double ups, the easy contest, um, and then just slowly take those winnings and piece them off for our tournament shots week by week. And then if you hit one of those tournaments, boom, you're a hero, right? So that's the idea of how we attack that and what we've been successful doing here. If you don't know, like jump in on that. If not... You could take a walk off a short pier, right? Like this same for you then if you don't want to roll like that. That's really what we're talking about doing. Have I won doing that? Yes, we've definitely won. As I said in my intro, one on DraftKings doing this, one on FanDuel doing this um, substantially. And they have those records, right? Like they have the printouts. Like you could see one to go back. Very important to me to check how long and track how long i've been doing because we do it's just we have a process for baseball too man this is the same thing over and over again so we play dfs DraftKings, FanDuel. we play seasonal we play as i said before standard ppr half point ppr super flex auction whatever you want to do now let's talk draft let's get into the draft here get some meat on this boat if you think about this draft, what I what I need to impress on you is that you got to nail the second and third rounds. You are going to give birth to a monster championship team if you can nail rounds two and three here, or you're making an utter ugly gutter baby if you mess it up. Your first round guy goes down and you mess up these two rounds, then that's it. Your team's done. Where are we going to get our edge this year? So we're going to get our edge by rethinking how we approach the importance of the running back position. The league is evolving. Passing is evolving. Uh, mobile quarterbacks are important. The defense is now evolving. Three three five, I think, is going to be more prevalent this year. That's... Uh, you know, three linemen, three backers, five def five defensive backs. You have three safeties. 
I think Baltimore is going to do that. And then Detroit's probably going to try to do it too, but probably not as well if they don't make those tackles. Ooh, yikes. But we need to rethink the importance of running backs. Everybody's, you got to get your bell cow running back. That is not a thing anymore. There's not that many bell cows out there that much anymore. Just a few guys fit that description. And so if there's only a handful of them, can we afford to, I mean, I'm not saying just wholly miss out, like don't go zero running back theory, but I'm just saying don't get married to this idea of you have to take running back in the first round. There's a lot of opportunity with the, with the upside that these wide receivers can bring, especially as the NFL continues to evolve. And these defenses continue to evolve. So my suggestion would be, if you don't have the overall first pick, then fade running back in the first round. Because you just don't need to do it. There's a, there's a, if you believe that Jonathan Taylor can, you know, maybe do what he did last year, great. But he doesn't have to be number one. That's not what we're talking about. He doesn't need to repeat his number one. We're getting him number one because of the floor, not the ceiling. We want the goal line touches, the West Coast offense with the with the run involved. Uh, we want the you know thousand yards probably. That's what we want. The assurance of it, and the assurance of the job and the position, even though Nahi Himes will be around. That's what we want. If you like that then you got to like Cooper Cup too in the same way. He actually, so, you know, if you like Taylor because he was number one running back last year, Cup had one of the best wide receiver seasons ever from a fantasy football perspective. So you have to like him more. There's no, there's nothing wrong with taking him one or anything like that. I don't care about the arm thing with Stafford. Fade the noise. But my overall suggestion, I'm telling you from having been, you know, um, Pick one this year. So I'm telling you from this is what I've done. You following the process. I've also had pick two uh, and have them slide to me because it was a super flex and somebody took a quarterback first. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but still went with him. There's nothing wrong with taking him first and taking that 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 seat, that floor, if you will. Um, but our idea of a bell cow is severely watered down. So take inventory of what's available and don't reach just to get a running back. Take the best player there. Um, I reviewed this idea of moving up and play best balls or whatever and thought about this idea of moving up rounds three or four to get a QB and just can't sign off on it yet. Like I'll do it with one league, but maybe that'll be it just to see where it goes. And actually, I have one league where I did take Lamar in the fourth round, but it's because it was at the turn and I had the fifth as well, right? So I had another pick too. But waiting doesn't matter because the once you talk about eliminating the top five QBs or whatever, the rest of these guys are pretty lumped up, right? Like you're going to get serviceable results from Cousins, right? Except you won't have to reach. This is over time. Just look at his numbers. Like you could win with that for sure. You could win with some of these guys that you don't have to reach hard for. And so you've got to stack your team if other guys are going to be willing to go up there and, and and duke it out for that. Let them do it because eventually they're going to have holes that shine through. We're just not going to reach at quarterback. We're just not going to reach there. We're going to force the issue by taking the probably for most of you the best wide receiver first. But like I said, if you got number one, go that best running back. 
Mixon, Najee Harris, those are the other guys that are my top running backs. Those three right there, those are my top three. I think outside of that, you can do what you want to do, man. I mean, I know McCaffrey's up there for a lot of people. I've been burned by that before. I can't go there again, right? I don't want to draft Chubba Hubbard and hope. Nope, not doing any of that stuff, right? And so, you know, I would even, if you want to take any of those guys, if you want to take Mixon first overall, I think he's in a great position. I don't see anything wrong with that. Najee Harris, I think, is also in a great position. But uh, I think the value is still waiting uh, for quarterback uh, for most of the field, except for those top guys. We do, however, need this year the consideration of rushing upside for our QB. So think about it like this, because with the evolution of the league and these offensive schemes, you need that quarterback with the rushing upside, the rushing touchdown upside, in addition to the arm. And so the cutoff for us here with the process is Jalen Hurts. You can't draft anybody below that. Can't get Trey Lance. I don't want Fields actually. I mean, if you want to take a chance on Fields, I I won't say anything about it. I probably will not go there, though. Just because I have concerns about health durability because of the O-line. I'm not sure that he's going to be looking downfield in this offense. And that's the upside that most people want. I wonder if he'll have the time to do that. So I don't want to take the gamble if I know there's more sure stuff out there. Superflex. Just talking about a second ago, when to take QBs. Look, I still think you have to wait as well. But you may run into a situation like I did recently on uh, FFPC where... As I said, Mahomes went first overall, so I took Taylor second. But then in the first, like, 13 picks, I think 10 were quarterbacks, guys. So then at this point, it's like you have to adjust to what's going on. You can't just – I just can't keep standing there like, oh, well, I, you know, not going to, you know, go away from what I said. Sometimes you got to move. You got to make a move. And so it's like, what you know, I can get Cousins and Tua – but the drop-off there is severe, right? So had to do that and still was able to round out a good team. But in, in, And I think even taking a third quarterback makes sense in Superflex. So you want to take like a um, – I got Davis Mills at the very end right there. I think that's a great third option. Just want to make sure these guys have different bye weeks. It's pretty much all we're looking at. But I don't want to I'm, – I'm sitting here thinking about the quarterbacks that are going off the board while you still have guys like Debo Samuel on the board. This is what got us in trouble. This is why one guy in that league has Mixon and Najee, and Najee Harris on the same team because of the quarterback run. So it's kind of like he's on the turn. He's already got his quarterback in the first round or the – you know, maybe the – he uses the second or third or whatever. But point being, we should never let somebody be able to take those two and have those two on the same team just because it's two quarterbacks. Like, if you're unfamiliar, there's two flexes, and one of them you can use as a quarterback. The other is a normal flex. You don't necessarily have to use a quarterback there. You can just use whatever player you want to, but you can use a quarterback. Most people typically do. But we want to stick to the same strategy, best players, best players right and let it sort itself out so i'll be doing more ffpc coming up again so we'll try to remember that next time but that was a a crazy thing guys just so you know like just if you're gonna be on that site playing it was right away you know and i could sense that a few of us were trying to hold out do our thing but folks were just aggressive so at that point you got to jump in you can't 
not do it. And I think there's a lot of upside with Tua, so I'm not upset with either of those guys, to be honest. Uh, we need to talk about the importance of best ball over mock drafts. Mock drafts don't really help that much, dude. People just want to, you know, maybe the first round or second round, but they're checking out. It's an auto draft. It doesn't mean anything. Got to do some best ball. I know the strategy is a little different. You're looking for more of an underdog approach there, but this is more of a true draft setting because you can play with some money at, at stake. So if you guys don't know, best ball is basically cool. It's like you can essentially draft a team very quick right he's like quick drafts where they will start the it will automatically start your best like you don't have to pick the roster right it will automatically give you the points for the best starting players and it's just best ball right so all year and then typically you can play for a dollar five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars whatever then there's a prize at the end right and so there's something at stake it matters to people and so i love getting ready for my tournaments by playing best ball, right? Like you could take $20 on DraftKings and just, or, or FanDuel rather, and do like 20 best balls, right? This is going to be your way of seeing like exactly what people are thinking and doing from different perspectives. So just word to the wise, that's part of the process. That's where we start. Um, okay. If you get to, let's think about this for the season moving forward. Because we want to be on cruise control, but what happens if we are off the rails and what is off the rails? So here's off the rails. If you get to three losses, but you don't have six wins yet, time to make some moves. So again, if you get to three losses and you don't have six wins yet, that's the cutoff. That's what you need to start. We're going to visit the trades and what we do there, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll get into that stuff down the line. But most of us shouldn't be thinking about trades right now. A lot of people thinking about trades. A lot of guys in some leagues I'm in already offering trades. We just did the draft. We have a head week one. We're confident in what we're doing. We need to let it play out. What was the point of that draft pick if I want to give it away already? Unless you got something that's like over obvious, right? Like you drafted Brian Robinson and missed out Antonio Gibson, et cetera, right? So, um, but important things to think about when drafting is uh, who's playing for money? Who's playing for contracts? Like that's really important to know. Um Going into these, you know, a contract year, these are the guys that are going to show up. These are the guys that are going to probably not claim injured. These are the guys that are going to um, be there week in and week out because they absolutely positively want to get paid next year. So, you know, Baker Mayfield in those QB flex leagues, somebody to be wary of there. And those incentives that he's got um, tied to a lot of that, you know, production. Saquon Barkley, a lot of noise behind him. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and it's a contract year. Um, there's some uh, other defensive players, I think, a little less relevant. Irv Smith, Minnesota Vikings. DJ Chark for the Lions. Guys, they paid him $10 million on a one-year contract. He's coming over to be a part of this thing. Jamison Williams, they have him. Now he's still coming back off the ACL, I believe it is, from the national championship game. Uh, and he's going to miss the first four weeks for sure, at least. But having all three of them makes this a dangerous offense. They put, they paid Chark to be a part of it, is my point, though, even after Williams comes back. They didn't give this dude $10 million on a one-year deal for nothing. And he's going to show that he can play still. So those are some guys just I would be thinking about if it were me, um, just in terms of contracts. And you can it's easy, readily available information. You can look it up as this changes statically, right? Rookies that we're looking at for impact, mostly just, you know, running back and wide receiver. I don't think anything else is something we're looking at too much. But 
as far as that goes, very straightforward for running back, like Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook. Uh, obviously, Brees Hall for the Jets, you know, getting that job looks good. Kenneth Walker could step in at any moment if uh, Penny goes down in Seattle. And that usually happens, right? And so somebody to be wary of. James Cook in Buffalo, great draft pick by them. Little brother of Dalvin. Uh, could be somebody that pans out, something to keep an eye on. But outside of that, we did like Brian Robinson, of course. And, you know, hopefully he can get well soon. And uh, Damian Pierce, a lot of noise behind him. Now I don't want to reach as much as you might have to this week per se wide receiver wise drake london i mean this dude has a chance to ball out um this is a good fit with this offense this is a good fit with uh pitts there already i love what they have cordell patterson at running back a lot of opportunity for Mariota to prove himself i mean that everybody's playing for something here this is uh, going to be an interesting unit. They're not going to lay over, and he's going to be a part of that. Drake London wants to be a difference maker from the get-go, so somebody to definitely keep your eyes on. Should be explosive in that offense. I don't know if he can take off. Like you know, Pitts may be the number one option still, but he's going to have his say about that. Garrett Wilson in the Jets offense, also going to have a chance to look real good. Another guy we're high on. I don't think these are guys you're reaching on, but you want to be aware of these guys in the draft. Chris Olave. Um, definitely more interested in him than Michael Thomas. Jameson Williams had a lot of interest at first, but pulling off now because he's you know, officially IR to start the season. So don't really want to draft a guy that can't give me four games plus the bye as well. That's five games now, so I'm probably out there. Johan Dotson over in Washington. I think this is going to be great for Terry McLaurin, but just somebody to keep your eye on too as long as the – uh, draft position doesn't you know tick up too high. Don't reach for him, but just an interesting guy along with Traylon Burks, who we've all heard of at this point. But outside of that, um, you know, barring injury, I wanted some John Michi. Hope he can get well soon. George Pickens has some interesting Alec Pierce, Sky Moore. Those are the guys that I probably would take a look at if anything. But I'm not overly enthused by any of those back end news that I mentioned um, for sure. Set your goals. It's one of the other things that we need to talk about here, guys. You've got to set goals for yourself for the year. What I mean is what do you want to do, right? Like, is it a money amount that you want to win? Is it a money amount per week you want to win? Do you want to win so much on DraftKings? Is this about your seasonal home league? Is this about your FFPC league? Is this about whatever? But you can't envision the victory if you don't have a goal. So what? what how's the saying go? It goes, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. We won't do it here at the process. So you have to have a goal. You have to know what you want to do. My goals are specific with regards to winning on DraftKings, winning the double ups, right? Like I don't want to miss more than three weeks worth of double ups. Now, if we fall short of that, great, but whatever. It's not going to ruin the day, but we don't want to do that. Uh, obviously, and I also want to hit at least five t bigger tournaments. So that's going to you know require some heavy lifting and some critical thinking. That's the step up for us is can we take can I take it to more tournament wins now that we've established the daily because we've got the double up part down. Um, also, goal for me is to simplify the podcast for you guys. More info, less background. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting, right, y'all? We can make it consent, con, concise and you just trust me and I give you the info. 
if you've noticed, the process has sort of dwindled down over the years from this whole big, you know, well, let me explain the whole thing to you. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, so those are some of the goals that I have. But you guys got to set yourself some goals. And remember that we're going to draft well so that we can manage easily. That's what we want to do. Draft well so that we can manage easily and then turn our attentions to DFS, as we said before. So you got to embody the mantra around here. Learn, scout, win, repeat. That's what we do at Tiger Bomb. So we'll supplement the DFS with the, with the seasonal with the DFS, vice versa. All right, we've gone over the DFS core values. Uh, we've gone over the safer game single entry. All that. Guys, I think we touched on everything. Oh, so just full, you know, uh, transparency, one cash game lineup every week, then three or four tournament lineups, you know? So that's where my head is. Guys, that's all I have for you for this first episode. Now, everything after this, we can dive a little more specifically into how the, you know, these teams profile and things like that if you want. I don't, you know, maybe you guys want just some quick divisional profiles, but I think most people just had questions about number one, first round, where to go, things like that. But again, if you have number one, take Taylor outside of that. Go attack those wide receivers. There's monster wide receivers you can get in the first round. Don't be afraid of Debo Samuel. They've got they they did the deal. He signed his contract. He's got the money. So that slash running back position thing is, you know, in place there. I think Trey Lance probably is not something that I'm sure about. So I probably stay away more from that stuff uh, myself. But Debo, at the very least. Kiddo, at the very least. Everything else, I'm probably... They'll have a decent defense this year. Um, you know, don't be afraid to go wide receiver tight end if you can. You know, get get if you're on the turn, think about it, man. You could start off Devontae, Kelsey. You could start off Cup, Kelsey. That's how you win a league right there. So, just something to think about as opposed to stretching for whatever running back is down there. Because there'll be other running backs below that, too. It's not a problem to go wait a little bit more for upside talent that should be there still. So any specific questions, you guys got a lot of ways that you can get in touch with me, but appreciate you as always another podcast tomorrow, presumably while we dive a little further. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.